Hello and welcome to episode number three of the How To Hobby podcast. I'm your host, John Power, joined by my absolute fiendish friend, Sean Bennett. Sean, you are the candle man now. Give me a little bit of a rundown of what you did over this last weekend. It's it's just so interesting, and I think the listeners need to know what kind of hobbies you get into. So I, uh, that's a great question, John. Hi, everyone. Uh, so, so I'm a candle fiend, as, as John said, and I like to burn candles while I work. And uh, I decided that on a whim, I would go to a place called Candles on Tap in Encinitas here in San Diego. And you actually get to make your own candle. So they have, I don't know, 40 or 50 different uh, pure scent candles that you can smell everything from mm. leather to mm. old book to mint to Oof. bamboo uh even the cannabis it was it was fantastic rich mahogany <laughs> rich mahogany and so uh you pick a list of your, to your top 10 or 15 and then you sit down with an actual candle maker and they kind of discuss how the scents will go together and you narrow it down to about three and i really like non-sweet but really fresh and green smelling candles and so I went with bamboo, summer lawn, and mint leaf. And it was a beautiful combination. Mm. Then you actually mix the oils yourself in a little jigger, pour it into uh, liquid candle wax, and then they let it set. Come back in two hours, grab your candle, and it is amazing. Wow, man. That is absolutely stellar. I mean, if I had something so cool to do on the weekend, I don't think I'd even be here tonight. That is unbelievable. <laughs> And and I mean, what a treat to be able to make your own scent. It is, it, it, there's nothing that brings you more joy, I'm sure, especially when you're a candle fiend. Um, so I'll have to come over and smell it one of these nights, yeah. uh, you know, socially distant, of course, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let it waft through the window into my, <laughs> into my nostrils. Um, you come over and smell my candle, John. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sounds good, man. I'm excited for that. Uh, well, let's get into tonight's topic tonight, tonight's hobby of choice. We're going to be going into one that I know you guys love and know well, because it's something we do hopefully every single day to bring us health, well-being, joy, and, and sometimes just shower people with love. And that is the hobby of cooking. So, I, I mean, Sean, let, let the, the listeners know what this hobby means to you personally. I mean, just, just before we get into all the, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, we have our, our normal three things that we always ask ourselves when starting a new hobby. And that's what you need, how to get it. And then how you get out and do it. But tonight we're going to, we're going to listen to what Sean has to say about cooking before we get into that. And Sean, I think they want to know now. Yeah. So I never really grew up really being involved in the cooking. My mom was a fantastic cook and, you know, I just kind of watched from afar. I didn't really get into cooking until I was in my early twenties. And it was something that just kind of sounded fun. Uh, it was more kind of like helping out here and there and uh, kind of a neat way to learn more about the food I was eating, but I wasn't necessarily into cooking at that point. It was just kind of starting in the like more just cooking for necessity, not cooking because I wanted to or because it was fun. And, you know, it really wasn't until around the latter half of 2019 that I actually really got into cooking. I started taking some cooking classes at Sir La Table and I started reading some cookbooks. Mm. And it was, it has become a passion of mine to experiment and try new things and uh, really push my skills kind of see what I'm good at, see what I'm horrible at that I can work on <laughs> and oh, just experiment with flavors. You know, like I like combining different types of cuisines and, and just really having fun in the kitchen. Plus it's just very therapeutic when you have to chop an onion. Once you learn how mm. to chop an onion properly, it's just therapeutic to sit there and do it and go through it and, and mince garlic and cut tomatoes. Like it's just a very, very calming, relaxing process if you prep ahead, if you wait till the last minute, like I used to do, and that may be why I wasn't very <laughs> big fan of cooking, is I would wait till I was cooking to start prepping. And then that's a horrible idea. But if you prep ahead, it is an amazingly uh, beneficial process to go through. I think, John, you're more uh, uh, into cooking because of the, the health and, and, you know, an aspect of that. 
I'm more just because it's fun and very, very calming and therapeutic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we share a lot of the same uh, aspects of that lead us to this passion. I mean, uh, I, I started because my wife was pregnant, and it, you're right. It, it definitely was something where I wanted to provide her and and my future child with some good nutrition. But uh, yeah, I agree 100, percent man. It is one of those things that connects you with real tangible ingredients uh materials of this world and i i think that's it is very therapeutic you know it if you're if you let go of all the the crazy surrounding chaos that might be happening at least in my life i mean you know all my daughter screaming and uh <laughs> maybe my wife screaming at me like what are you doing over there you know cooking taking a little too zone. long <laughs> yeah cooking in a war zone so yeah, but I mean that's that's great, and I think it's a beautiful thing when you you can both be into something and and it leads to a passion. So let's get into the meats and potatoes here of this episode, and that's we're going to start with our our typical first point of the of the show, which is what you need, and we're gonna we're gonna break this one up tonight into a kind of a must have, similar to our last episode, the the biking. If you didn't check it out, definitely go back to episode two, check out the biking episode, but uh, we're, we're going to break it down in a similar way where the must have things and then the nice to have things. And that's going to form the what you need to get started cooking. So Sean, what are some of the, the must have things to get going in this hobby? So the, the first must haves, it's a combo of a recipe and raw ingredients. So when you when you are going to get into cooking, the first step first step is to figure out what you want to make, and then the second step is getting those ingredients. There are amazing amazing resources for recipes online, cookbooks, you know, whatever your family cookbooks, um, whatever you know where your recipes might come from. But really, the the first step before you can sit down and start cooking is you have to get the raw ingredients first. That is very true, and. So and that that is probably the most important part, obviously, having your raw, mm -hmm. um, raw material to work with first. The other things that you need are some tools of the trade to get those ingredients, those raw materials broken down. I think this is where it gets a little bit technical, Sean, where me and you mm -hmm. are just going to shine. The engineering background <laughs> is going to come out. We're going to show these listeners where we got our our, our metal, you know, so. I personally, and this is my, I think you can do 90% of your work in the kitchen with one good chef's knife. And that's, that's right. That's maybe this is the first time you've heard this type of methodology, but you can listen to almost any professional cook, Anthony Bourdain, uh, to be, you know, he was a huge proponent of this same exact um, mm -hmm. idea where just one good chef's knife can change the entire kitchen atmosphere. And there are plenty of great brands out there that range from, you know, $65 to $120. I think once you break, I don't know if you agree, Sean, but once you break past the, the $120 mark, you're paying for more the either the brand or just kind of the look overall. Um, but yeah, you I know, agree with that. In the in the hundred dollar range, I have one that my sister actually got me as a as a Christmas present. Beautiful knife by uh, Mac. Uh, it's a it's a company, and it's kind of more of a Japanese style blade, thinner and and lighter. But then they also have the German uh, blade makers, uh, Henkel, and uh, what's that other really big one, Sean? I'm not sure. I can't remember this time. I don't have a, a brand name, really, Chef's Knife. The Chef's Knife that I have came with a a set that I purchased. It was a, a knife block that came with just a standard set. It wasn't anything fancy. I think I might have gotten it at like a simple Bed Bath & Beyond. It was before I really got into into yeah. to cooking as a passion. The, the key with any Chef's Knife, whether you buy a $60 one or a $200 Chef's Knife, is you have to keep it sharp. The most, dangerous, right. the most dangerous tool in any kitchen is a dull knife because dull knives tend to slip. They tend to have issues actually cutting objects. You have to use more force than you should, and then it's going to cause injuries. And so along with a chef's knife, you should have some sort of a honing rod or take your knives to get sharpened. I know Sir Tob or even some 
outside uh, like Seaside Market and Encinas, they have a guy that comes every Thursdays and, and sharpens kitchen knives. So make sure when you you know you invest just in a kitchen knife or in a chef's knife and make sure you keep it sharp. That's right. So and, and I'm I'm just a big fan of the uh, honing rod. I have one, and I mm -hmm. just give it a couple a couple swipes every time I bring out my knife, and uh, keeps it sharp. And as you said, Sean. Uh, keeps my fingers intact, which is which is always good. I don't want to be losing fingernails and and pieces of skin every time I take out the old the old knife there. Uh, but let's get into our next thing that we think mm -hmm. is very important, and it, it's a must have, and it, it's more of an attitude, and that's how you approach the kitchen. So what we're going to say tonight, you need to throw this in your backpack, is patience and willingness to make some mistakes and. Additionally, learn from those mistakes every time you get into the kitchen. And Sean, I'm sure you've had plenty of moments where both of these have potentially been hard to come by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, I have. <laughs> Most definitely. I think when it comes to patience, one, especially if you're cooking with somebody, uh, a frantic chef is never someone who's fun to work with in the kitchen. They they're generally tend to be... Uh, no, not as enjoyable to share space with. So <laughs> when it comes to to the patience of cooking, you have to remember that cooking is, can be very relaxing. And what allows you to have that patience is prep work beforehand and know that you need to do some research and you're going to make mistakes like John talked about. I know I have burnt more roasting pecans than I thought I would. I've, you know, overcooked or undercooked pieces of salmon. I mean, there's, there are going to be mistakes when it comes to cooking. And it's very important to learn that that's okay. It's part of the process. You're not going to be perfect. And you can do this. So patience and willingness to make mistakes are very, very critical to have when in the kitchen. Patience keeps you safer as well. If you're, if you're, you're slow, and you're methodical about your movements, you know, and you're not frantic, you're, you're a lot safer in the kitchen as well, less lucky to cut or burn yourself. That's very true. I couldn't agree more, Sean. It's, it's so important. And this actually is another thing. Our, our next nice, or sorry, must have a piece of kitchen equipment. It's actually a dual combo. This is where we mm -hmm. get more technical again. You know, again, we're engineers. We got to let you know on the secret stuff. <laughs> that really brings your cooking to the next level. And one is probably already something that is a part of one of your uh, appliances in the kitchen already, and that's a kitchen timer. Mm -hmm. You've got to have a timing apparatus, especially when you're new into cooking. It's, it's very easy, as Sean said, to get overwhelmed, to potentially start rushing and getting you know frustrated. I've been there myself. Uh, and a kitchen timer is just a good way to really get yourself keep yourself on track and stay motivated and focused because when you see that timer running down use it as a tool <laughs> rather than a hindrance is what i would say and and that will keep you on the track and if you need to get again this is something where you can grab one of these for five dollars on amazon mm -hmm. if you need to have two i mean i have my phone at times going sean and then i'll have oh yeah the, the you know the kitchen timer on the the, the microwave going just so, you know, if I'm doing two different things at once that I don't have a good handle on, I, I can really take good time. And as you get better, the reliance on it will be less stringent, but initially it's very important. My second tool that's the secret stuff, Sean, I, I, mm -hmm. I, I can't say enough how important this one is. And it gave me so much confidence when it came to cooking meats and just being overall a better chef in general. I don't want people getting sick. Most people don't. And that is uh, an instant read thermometer. It just gave me uh, so much confidence. Again, it's another thing you can pick up on Amazon for you know $25, but just make sure that it's an instant read type because you really want to get that instantaneous feedback from if you're cooking chicken, you know, and, and, a, and 30 seconds makes the difference. It really does in having that smooth, supple, uh, you know, soft, internal, juicy chicken, um, and, and that hard rubbery, uh, <clears throat> we've been there with uh -huh. chicken numerous times. <laughs> so, uh, what's, what's our next thing on, on the list there, Sean? 
So the one of the most underrated tools of any kitchen, it comes to the prep work, not the actual cooking. It comes to the prep work, and that is a solid wood cutting board. So wood cutting boards are allow you to have safety one. They're usually a little bit heavier. They may have rims to carry juices, like John was just talking about, the nice juicy chicken breast. Well, you throw that on a cutting board that maybe doesn't hold up the snuff or doesn't have the, the juice rings <laughs> to go to hold that juice. You start cutting into it, you're going to be spilling over the counter. So a wood cutting board is really key. You can get them, like John talked about, for relatively cheap on Amazon. You can get nicer ones at, say, like a Sur La Taube. They have really nice ones. The key with wood cutting boards and i think the reason a lot of people feel like they need to go for the plastic cutting boards is plastic cutting boards sometimes will come with rubber corners so that the cutting board doesn't slide all over the counter or the tile the granite whatever you have in your kitchen it, it'll it doesn't slide when you're trying to cut and so a lot of people look at wood cutting boards and they go why would i want that it's going to be sliding everywhere let mm -hmm. me get the plastic or the the whatever other material they have that has the rubber edges and to to combat that because a wood cutting board in my opinion is better than a plastic is the very very simple trick of a <laughs> napkin or a paper towel you get or it a, a kitchen towel wet, or a kitchen towel you get it a little bit wet and you slide it under that wood cutting board and you set it down and you could push on it with a truck and it won't go anywhere it's just giving a little bit of friction with the counter so trust me, a wood cutting board, I use a, a one little sheet of paper towel, I get it wet, I throw it on the counter, I put the wood cutting board on top, and it's not going anywhere. That's beautiful, Sean. Again, engineering tricks up, <laughs> up the wazoo tonight, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's coming, whether you want it or not. And we're going to move into our next thing, which is the vessel that you're going to cook these amazing ingredients once they're, they're cut up nice with your beautiful chef's knife and uh, right on that wooden cutting board, you're going to feel the wood grain under your hands. You're already going to be just getting so relaxed. You're going to have a nice candle mm -hmm. burning in the background. And then it's going to be time to throw it into the vessel that you're going to choose to cook with. And most people have something. Again, there, there are a wide array of, of things to use in to cook your various things. Most of the time, we're going to be utilizing these pans, pots, or um, yeah, well, hands or pots to, to generate heat so that we can therefore season those ingredients in the way that we would like. Uh, a, a beautiful thing, it really does not matter where you get these, uh, these vessels, uh, that your pans, your pots, but one of the, the funniest but true things I've ever heard, it was actually from Anthony Bourdain, he said, if you have any doubt that what you're using to cook with will not knock out the person that comes up to you and upsets you with one hit, then you know it is not the correct pan for you. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I, like I, 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 I definitely, I mean, rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain, but he was, he was a great man. He, he gave a lot of funny and great advice when it came to cooking and it was always very raw. Uh, that is what you should be looking for. No matter where you get your, you could get it at a, at a, I mean, a garage sale or wherever you want to get these pans. I'm kind of skipping forward. I do apologize, viewers. <laughs> don't, don't hate me for this one, but it, it is important to have a good cooking vessel, whether it's a cast iron pan or a, uh, aluminum pan or a steel pan, um, it's it's got to be pretty big and bulky okay this is not something where we're going lighter this is one of the few times in in life where me as an engineer is going to tell you heavier is better mm -hmm. but uh <laughs> but uh that's going to be the case in this specific area so what about uh we got one more thing that is you must have to create this beautiful dish and sean's going to tell you that right now it's the next thing on the last on our must have list is one of those things that you don't think about until it's too late. And that is, <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. And that is a good spatula, wooden spoon, utensils of some sort to cook with. And there are certain brands that you can fall in love with. I have, uh, I don't even know what brand. It's a spatula that they don't make anymore. My mom's had it for, I swear, my entire life. 
and it's amazing. But the a good spatula and a good some sort of like a wooden spoon utensil of some sort. And when you're looking for a spatula, everyone likes it a little different. I really prefer uh, stiff spatulas because I like to use the spatula to scrape the bottom. If I'm going to use it to flip anything from uh, scrambled eggs to a pancake to a pork chop, I need something that's got the the stiffness and the strength for mm. it. I know my mom is more a fan of the uh, kind of uh, bendy spatulas so that it can <laughs> it can bend as you go around the, the, the rubber. The, yeah, <laughs> not quite rubber, but definitely feels like it to be pushed hard. Silicone. 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 Yeah. So like any of those, <laughs> like it's up to you. You know, you'll figure it out as you cook. And then just like a simple wooden spoon, it's more important that you, than you think. We all have that classic movie moment of dipping into your spaghetti sauce and tasting it off a wooden spoon like we've seen in almost every rom-com that's ever been created. And there's just something about having a good spatula and a good wooden spoon that can make any dish that much better. And if you're ever confused about what to look for, obviously they have things all over the internet on spatulas and, and what kinds of utensils. Sir Latav, they'll answer any questions you have. But definitely before you start cooking, make sure you have a spatula, some sort of utensil to stir or scrape or flip or lift or whatever you need to do for that particular meal. Yeah, Sean, I couldn't agree more. I'm actually right there with you. I My favorite spatula right now is actually the fish spatula, which is a nice. slotted, slotted yeah. carbon steel uh, apparatus that I use uh, oh, like literally daily. My sister got it for me. Uh, <laughs> I think last Christmas or for my birthday last year, and I've been using it ever since. And again, that's the beauty of cooking is you get one thing, ladies and gentlemen, and it is going to just last you. Sean's been using his since forever. He doesn't even know what brand it is. That's the beauty of cooking. Get something that that is a little bit more durable and and looks good, and it's going to last you years and years. So let's jump into our next little category here of the what you need to get started and that's going to be the nice to haves okay Mm -hmm. this isn't stuff that we're telling you you got to go out and get it right away to be able to cook and make your pancake but it's nice to have and it's something that i well so i have one here on the list sean that that i actually do use i actually just used it tonight believe it Mm -hmm. or not and it is my microplane zester i Definitely did not start my cooking career having a microplane zester. In fact, I didn't even know what it was <laughs> until I read uh, Food Lab by Kenji Lopez-Alt, which, spoiler, he's going to be one of our books that we recommend as a resource. But he said this was one of the things that every cook should have. And I, well, I went out and got one because I thought, well, I should be the cook that Kenji wants me to be. So I have been using it every day sense and it just it's so good from from zesting a uh a lemon or a lime to get that beautiful lime or lemon zest on the top give it that crunch that smell that uh resistance that you hear so much about i think they call it uh the umami in your in your mouth is what they really call it but uh from i can you can also mince garlic really anything whether it's hard or soft, it can be minced on this carbon steel microplane zester, and it is an absolute game changer. It's kind of like the one-hit wonder when it comes to zesting uh, or you know really mincing anything. So definitely highly recommend. It's about $20, and there's a microplane is actually the brand, I believe. It's a US, USA-based company. Beautiful. I mean, what let's, let's support, ladies and gentlemen, you know? But uh, Sean, what, what's another nice to have here? I mean, that's mine on the list. I love it, but it's a nice to have. Yeah, it's definitely nice to have a zester. Had you asked me even two years ago if I'd ever zested anything in my life, I would have said you were crazy. But uh, definitely, you did, adding, Sean. You did. <laughs> adding adding some some zest to uh, having that capability is really really nice. So the the next thing on the list is simple and you won't realize how important it is until you have one and that is something like a squeeze bottle so when you are doing it i really like squeeze bottles when i'm making dressing for salads it's a great little thing to have you can squeeze things on but it's also great if you are doing anything that has barbecue sauce or or if you're making any sauces beforehand 
it's it's amazing to have squeeze bottles. It's just ease of use. You're not having to pound the bottom of your ketchup bottle to try and get it out. And it, it just, it makes life, again, it's one of those things that's nice to have. It makes life easier. It makes cooking easier. And if you make cooking easier in the little things like squeeze bottles, it'll allow you to have a little bit more patience and willingness to learn like we talked about earlier. So that that's my opinion on squeeze bottles. Well, and fun, Sean. It's fun to squeeze Agreed, out some, some various ingredients in your perfectly cooked stew or whatever <laughs> it may be. But this one, this is my next item on the list, ladies and gentlemen, which is one that's very close to my heart right now because, well, I am a dad, father of two, and uh, time in the kitchen is, is mm-hmm. it, 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 it's sliding away into the cloud, Sean. I don't have as much time anymore. So the slow cooker has yes. been my absolute, it's just been saving me every single weekend. And I look forward to the weekend so that I can make my slow cooked meals and still enjoy the weekend and have time with family. But then you, the, the, the bounty that comes out of the slow cooker, I mean, is it not just beautiful? You get mm. like so many leftovers and it just goes right into the week and you're all set up and you're like, oh, well, we don't have any any time tonight i'm just gonna go to the the fridge and get those leftovers baby no problem yeah yeah my my i grew up calling the slow cooker crock pot whatever you want to call it i i grew up calling it it's the set it and forget it you know you can you do it before you leave for work in the morning and you come home to this most beautiful smelling uh, meal that you've ever smelled ever it's amazing you can do everything from pulled pork to pot roast to, to just about anything in a, in mm. a smoker they're mm. they're absolutely amazing and and they're they're one of those things that's it's the unsung hero of the busy cook of somebody who's got a lot of things going on in other areas of their life and they can't always take an hour or an hour and a half to sit down and oh, and man. cook you know <laughs> sometimes that the slow cooker is uh it's a godsend <laughs> i yeah, <laughs> I, just, I like that that last little bit you threw in there, Sean. That was that was good. Uh, so we got a couple books here, ladies and gentlemen, that we highly recommend. And I know, Sean, you really like this first one on our list oh, here. Yeah. It's it's by one of our favorite authors, Samin Nasrat, and I'm probably just butchering her name. I I do apologize, <laughs> but it's Salt, Fat, Acid, and Heat. And this is just one of those beautiful representations of food love mm-hmm. because she loves food and you can see it right out from the words and the pages. And, and she really just provides you as the young cook, the young grasshopper with everything you need to know and none of the stuff that you don't need to know, which is really actually kind of intimidating about cooking books in general. Don't you agree, Sean? I mean- oh. Totally. Some because sometimes they'll just have so much information. It's just overwhelming. It's too much being thrown at you. You know, lingo that you don't understand yet. It's just it's just too much. The the thing I love about uh, Samin's books, All Fat Out of Heat, and and you'll probably recognize the title because it was a Netflix show based off of the cookbook. Great show. Um, Great show. Also, Samin is uh, one of the hosts of the Home Cooking Show podcast. Love that show as well. It's on our resources page on our site. And just the book is beautiful. Not only does it have amazingly hand-drawn illustrations to show you the food, the colors, the just the just explain the palette of what she's what she's teaching you. It's just so in depth of why she's telling you to do these things. It's not just a book uh, like a textbook, like when we were in school of you do this because I tell you to. It's very explanation or very good explanation of where her justifications come from and why she does certain things and it's an amazing book it's it's not very long um i was able to knock it out in maybe a couple of weeks just taking some time every day but it's it will boost your cooking skills to levels you couldn't have imagined It, it the impact is astounding ladies and gentlemen it's just just taking a time to dwell on the title alone i never truly understood acid until Mm -hmm. uh, until hearing samin talk about acid uh it's it's just something that's truly you know you need it all and i didn't i had no idea one i think maybe i was just worried about heat mostly when i first started my cooking career but uh (laughs) where i think that's what most people are worried about i don't want to burn this uh but yeah there is a very dynamic 
uh, beautiful illustration provided by Samin. We highly recommend that book. The next one is one that is, we're giving you two, and they're kind of at two different ends of the spectrum. Salt, fat, acid, and heat is more approachable. And this next one, Food Lab, is it's approachable if you're a certain type of person, Sean, mm -hmm. uh, maybe an engineer or something. Food Lab is this huge book. It, it's almost like the Bible of cooking, uh, written by Kenji Lopez-Alt, who is actually the son of a biologist, I believe, a biochemist. And he actually went into biology initially, but then kind of reverse engineered it and wanted his other love was cooking. So he kind of wrote this book in and breaking down all sorts of the science behind why food does what it does. And along the way, he provides you one of the most amazing, fully flushed out resources for cooking. So I have the book. It's huge. Uh, I haven't read the whole thing, unlike Sean and salt, mm -hmm. fat, acid, and heat. But it, uh, it gives you everything from how to season a cast iron skillet, which, Sean, I've sent you that, mm -hmm. that, you uh, yep. that little snippet there. And uh, yeah, just everything in between it. It literally is, if you can think it, it it probably is in there. I mean, from grilling to why the grilled cheese neat it is the way that it is when it's cooked perfectly. Um, and and he also has an absolutely amazing YouTube channel. So if you haven't checked out Kenji Lopez Alt, he's on YouTube. Um, I, I he he wrote for Curious Eats for a while. And uh, he just has an, uh, a great story, very passionate guy. And I would say him and Samin are, are two people in the industry right now that just are, they're young. They've got this really fun energy. And that's what we're about here at the, mm -hmm. at the How To Hobby podcast. We all want to just have fun. So Sean, let's get into how you get it. All right. How, how do you get all of these things that are so hard to come by today? Yeah. So the <laughs> the first place you start, like we talked about the raw ingredients, is always your local grocery store. Uh, I live right across the street from a Smart and Final, and so they have they have a little bit of the other the actual products too, like the the knives and the the kitchen timers and things like that. But your local grocery store will be your best bet for getting the raw ingredients if you happen to have something like a local farmers market or a local produce market. Those are some of the places I really like to go to get fresh veggies and fruit mm -hmm. because not only do they tend to support local growers in, in your area, they also are usually healthier. So, you know, if you are looking, comparing a head of lettuce that came from a local uh, grower versus a head of lettuce that maybe came from New England, per, you know, I don't even know if they grow lettuce. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> With the the transport time required, out there. yes, <laughs> with the transport time required to get the products to you, they generally tend to lose nutrition. You can read various books on this. Darian Olean has an amazing book called Super Life that he he I recommend you read, and he talks about the longer the food takes to get to you, the less nutrients it'll have when it finally gets into your system. And so, your local grocery store, your local farmers market, or uh, produce market is the best place to get your raw ingredients and they'll just be it's it'll help you feel better by eating better food oh a hundred percent i think if you're going to take anything away from this episode it's going to be just that this does provide you you if you start and undertake this journey if you if your mission if you choose to accept it it will change the way you feel about your everyday life. And I think Sean and I have talked about this numerous times and just, you know, one-on-one -on -one, uh, about just how much more fun it is to uh, get up and know that you're going to have a good meal compared to when I was in college and I, all I had to look forward to was the frozen spaghetti that was going to sit in the oven for 35 minutes before it, it came out. Uh, it's just such a difference. And as you mentioned at the very beginning of the show, the just how relaxing it is to uh -huh. really work with something that's real and connected to the earth um, from what you're using, whether it's a, the cast iron pan or your stainless steel pot to your your steel chef's knife. You know, it's got that great 418. It's not going to it's not going anywhere for years. Just take care of it. Give it a wash. It's good to go. But let's move into 
where we're going to get these beautiful uh i mean we know where to get the raw ingredients we've seen mm-hmm. the the grocery stores all over we have so many and and that's beautiful it's a beautiful thing we're very blessed here in the united states um and we can't take that for granted but let's talk about some of the ways we're going to get these um various things that we listed in the must have section of this episode and so first and foremost you have the big guys let's let's kind of break down some of the big guys Sean and kind of then trickle down into maybe some of the more reasonable yeah so the the general stores you tend to think of when you're looking at getting ingredients for cooking you have your top 3 at least these are my top 3 you have Target Walmart and Costco so Target will have great products. They generally might be a little pricier than some of the other options. But you, if you have that Target Red Guard, you can get the 5% discount. <laughs> you know, like Target is a great place if you're already going there maybe to buy your groceries, if that's what's around you, or anything else. It's, it's a great place to get some of these tools. Walmart is another great option. Uh, it's very affordable. It has amazing amounts of different tools you can use. And then I really like shopping at Costco when it comes to to these supplies, mainly because when you shop at Costco, you tend to get better deals, but also you can buy in bulk. So one of my favorite brands of of just simple, simple pans is Tefal. They are, you can get a set of three at Costco right now. I think it's $24.99, $23.99. They're amazing pans, definitely nonstick. And so, you know, Costco is another great resource for finding good deals not a great place to ask questions but (laughs) but a good good place to to find uh resources as well now john you threw on the list another one the next one on the list i have never really shopped there but i'm kind of curious your experience buying uh things oh oh yeah this is the secret this is the secret man i'm telling you i'm throwing out the engineer secrets all night long uh this place is it just Go in there and go if if it is the TJ Maxx Home Goods, it has to say Home Goods on mm-hmm. it. Um, go in there, you will not be disappointed. I so this is actually Sean where I scored my wooden cutting board. Ooh, nice! And it was twenty dollars for a, a, I mean a beefy. It's got to be at least five inches thick, <laughs> and it's like a, I I think it's a twelve by uh, ten or twelve by nine it's it's kind of a but but regardless don't know the dimensions off the top of my head but it's very thick and i could knock somebody out with it so i'm gonna go with it's probably pretty good and i got it for 20 bucks uh an italian brand that i don't know that you know that's the thing about tj maxx is you don't actually know any of the brands but that's totally okay (laughs) samin actually said on her show salt fat and acid you everybody always has at least one tj maxx pan Mm -hmm. so Get out there, find your nonstick at TJ Maxx. Uh, various, you know, they have measuring cups. They have, and it's all going to be very reasonable. Sometimes you get a gift card, and you're like, "What? What do I do with a TJ Maxx gift card?" You buy cooking stuff, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I did. Yeah, I, I have not enjoyed the experience of of TJ Maxx. I've walked around Home Goods, but usually it's been shopping for towels and things like that and I actually scored a uh, kettlebell there last week for $13. oh yeah i know um oh, but <laughs> mine's still on back order i'm, ooh, I'm not ooh. doing it right I... <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean i would take john's word for it tj maxx home goods they're they're also great great places to, to shop at so our next one is actually one of the big guys and mm. you know this is the mixed the mixed message right it's like here at the How To Hobby, we're all about supporting your local uh, farm-to-table restaurants, your your community. But sometimes it it is just a little bit more cost-effective, and we understand uh, to go on Amazon and check out. I mean, squeeze bottles you can get those for. We mentioned those up up in the nice mm-hmm. to haves, and and then you can get like a, a six pack for you know five or ten dollars. Uh, kitchen timers, you know some of this stuff that spatulas and even even they have a good chef's knife on there for like 60 bucks sean so if you're mm-hmm. you're in the in the market um so yeah we'll, we'll throw that one in there that's that's a little uh, uh anyway yeah. let's move on to our next one which is one of our california companies sean it's a company based out of uh san francisco uh the bay area called mm-hmm. william sonoma and this is where if you 
you know, you really want to feel like you're just the best. Go to William Sonoma. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't. <laughs> it's okay. I got a gift card to William Sonoma, and I'll tell you, this stuff is awesome. But holy moly, when you see that price tag, uh-huh. it's, it's definitely it's, along that Sir Latab. It's in it's that same range. It's Sir Latab. Supercharged. Supercharged. Uh, they make amazing stuff, though, but it is on the, the higher end, generally not for the average cooker. This is someone who maybe has a little bit more of uh, uh, maybe an income or, the, or the, you know, the, the product really means a lot. This could be a... A stepping stone once you've spent a few years getting into cooking, really getting familiar with the tools, the terminology, then you can maybe go out to William Sonoma and ask questions and and buy some things there. But I will warn you before you go to their site, be prepared for a little bit of a hefty price tag. Well, and I will say uh, to to the benefit of William, to give them the benefit of the doubt, they they have mm-hmm. sort of launched this new line, which I have seen. So if you go in there, look for the Open Kitchen, and that is um, a, a brand that's kind of like inside their family that's more reasonable. It's kind of like the standards, right? It's like your standard spatula, rubber spatula, and it just, you know, for what they've they've cut the costs a little bit. So there are ways to get more reasonable. I bought a couple uh, with the gift card, so I can I can say I, I didn't mm-hmm. do it, I, but it was with the gift card. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they're they're working their magic a little bit in there, but it is, as Sean said, a very more specific, and it but it can be a good place to get some inspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, it smells really good in there, and they're usually cooking. So yeah, I think, and they, I think, in similar to Sir Latab, I think they do cooking classes as well, which I'm a huge fan of. I think if you can do some cooking classes, that's an experience that it, it's going to pay you back in spades. I would say, wouldn't wouldn't you Agreed. say, Sean? Yeah. So I, I took a few classes at Sir Latab, and it, it was an amazing experience. One, I went by myself, which is a little intimidating when you go to a cooking class because generally they're focused around pairing up. But I never had any issues. It was an amazing, fun time. They, you know, I usually sat with a couple of people, and you see people from all walks of life. You know, young couples coming in that are starting a life together. To, you know, old Aww. women who, excuse me, older women who are there to just, you know, have fun and hang out with some friends. And so I, I really liked going. I learned a lot of amazing things. Uh, and and just had a lot of fun. Again, they are a little bit on the pricier side, but you know, you, if you're investing in yourself, you are worth the money to 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 learn from a real chef and and actually take oh, yeah. these classes. I mean, that's how I learned how to properly hold a chef's knife, how to properly cut and chop onions, to you know, cooking in a cast iron. So it, they're amazing resources for uh, just learning and gaining experience and asking questions and you know, you, and the greatest part about Sir Latab, I don't know about other cooking classes. I'm going to assume they're similar is if you spend about two hours cooking this amazing three course meal at the end, you all sit down and eat it. It is the most rewarding experience when you've made this beautiful custard or this amazing apple pie or these beautiful chicken breasts that have been just sauteed in this cast iron pan to perfection. And then you get to sit communally, hang out with each other, eat and talk. It is an amazing experience. Oh man, that is just, man, it's making me hungry right now. Just thinking about it. We got to do that, Sean. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So let's move on to another, really, it's kind of a hidden gem and uh, maybe you've heard about it. Maybe you haven't. I know here in San Diego, we have, a restaurant supply store. It's mm-hmm. actually called just the restaurant store. And or I think restaurant depot. But we've got, we've go, got restaurant depot, we've got uh Chef City, Chef Mart. We have a lot of, of those stores in San Diego. Yeah, we're we're blessed here in San Diego. I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's all we can really say. But these are great places to pick up exactly what the chefs are gonna be using for about a quarter of the price because it doesn't have all that branding slapped all over. Anilon, Kelphalon, Hapata. You know, I, I don't know, man. It's all it's all the same to me, but you're going to find a pan in there that's going to be able to knock somebody out, okay? So restaurant store, 
is definitely a place where you can get just about everything from takeout needs to, I mean, if you wanted to start a takeout place in your kitchen, which, hey, I mean, it's it's kind of a strange time right now, Sean. People mm-hmm. are getting creative. So this is a great place to get your kitchen outfitted for about a quarter of the cost. And that's what we're all about here. So check that out as, a, as an opportunity. And additionally, the used market. I mean, I love going thrift store shopping for for any cooking stuff because as Sean said oh it lasts forever and when you find granny's old cast iron skillet (laughs) that they don't even make anymore Mm -hmm. you're going to be saying to yourself I mean they really don't make them like they used to ladies and gentlemen I don't know if you are aware of that Kenji Lopez actually put out a video on this Um, he's had it was his pan uh, I think he was liquidating his kitchen. He had about, I think, 85 pans, Sean, that he was Oof. going through and and figuring out what he was going to be giving away and keeping. But yeah, he, it's, I mean, he was like running it down. Like, oh yeah, I got this one 25 years ago when I started. Oh, I got this one when me and my wife got married. And it's just, so the history and and it's still fine. They, they cook just like yesterday. So mm-hmm. don't let, this stuff is very, very durable and will last the test of time. So, uh, Sean, let's tell these listeners who are just dying to know how they get out and do it and get this dish, this sautéed, beautiful chicken done. Yeah, so the the key to getting into cooking is starting small. If you decide, I'm going to cook five intense heavy cooking meals this week you're going to end up burning yourself out you're going to not have as much fun and so a great place to start to to really get out and start cooking is choose one new dish a week so you can find that online in your local cookbook anything like that just pick one dish you know whatever you are whether you're eating out normally or whether you're cooking dinner but you have a standard you know four or five meals you go to every week just start with one new dish a week, and that will be a, a way to introduce some excitement into your week, but you're also not overburdening yourself or, or taking on too much. The, the next step is, like we said earlier, prep your ingredients. It is a, an amazing, amazing experience when you get to cook when everything is prepped. All of the measurements are laid out. The meat is prepped. It's ready to go. And all you're doing at that point is actually cooking. You are doing the ingredients at the specific times. You're dropping it in. You're turning it up. You're you know turning it down, whatever it is. <laughs> That's what makes cooking Turn fun. The, the act of cooking. The act of prepping, while it can be therapeutic for someone like me, it's not necessarily the fun part of why we cook. And so if you're trying to cook and prep at the same time, that is when you know, you you turn the pot on and you drop the chicken and you turn around and go, oh, crap, I forgot to to chop that onion. And you start chopping the onion and then you come back and your chicken's burnt because you stopped paying attention to it. So always start with prepping your ingredients before you do anything, before any heat is introduced into your kitchen, prep everything. That I, I couldn't set it. I couldn't have said it better myself, Sean. This is the thing that is going to ruin your what we brought out earlier, which was your willingness to make mistakes and your patience, that that's going to get thrown out the backpack as soon as you don't prep your ingredients. Because I've been there uh, not even a year ago. Just uh, in fact, it, it still sometimes happens because you mm-hmm. you forget to you're just like, oh, I've done this, you know, 100 times. And then you go, oh, that's right. I had all these different spices that I needed. And now my chicken is burnt. And I didn't even I didn't even realize it. Then the patient goes out the window. So we're going to just drive it home once again. And that's when you're getting out and doing it for the first time with your new dish, be patient with yourself Mm -hmm. and bring a willingness to fail and make mistakes. And if you can look, if you can learn from these two things and, and take them with you, you will have fun. You will grow in your passion for cooking. I, and I can say this for me, one of the things that, that me as this is myself as an engineer, when I get into something, I need to do it about a hundred times before I feel like I'm adequate. And to, to the chagrin of my wife, <laughs> I did that with chicken mm-hmm. <laughs> for the, for the first 
Oh man, she she was like, "What are we doing again? Chicken? What are we? Do- what is tonight? Chicken?" And and it was just this ongoing saga of and and every time I just said I would just would be I would be patient with myself, but I'd still say, "Oh man, I could have done that a little bit better," and that would drive me into my my next you know looking at it as a learning experience to say, "Okay, I'm going to do this different next time," and just annoy my wife a little bit more when when I pull out the chicken next week. And so, so definitely don't cook chicken a hundred times in a row. Like I try to do with almost every dish, but depending on what you're doing, the patience and willingness to fail is going to add up to a passion. that's going to last you now me and Sean are making candles and uh, I'm smelling his candle and, and our food is tasting good, ladies and gentlemen. So that is what you have to look forward to. And it takes time. So Sean, I mean, lay it home. It's it takes time. Yeah, with with any of the hobbies that we're going to talk about on this show, the number one thing that is most important to remember is it takes time. You are going to make mistakes. You're going to have issues. You're going to get stressed. You're going to burn something here, you know. And the the key is it takes time. You are learning. There are steps that you you have to follow and you will you will fail and you will fall down, but it's about how you get back up and you come back and you say, okay, well, I, I, I didn't cook or overcook the chicken last night. Let let's try and pr- and practice with it a little bit more. I, I use the word practice more often with cooking than I do with almost any hobby that I do. It is, oh, oh I'm I'm good tonight. I'm gonna practice heating up this. Tonight I'm gonna practice chopping this because it builds into my psyche that this is a time intensive hobby that I'm going to be working on the rest of my life. And I'm practicing, I'm getting better at what I'm doing. I'm not expecting myself to be an expert tonight, or an expert tomorrow, or even next Tuesday. You know, it's it's about taking the time knowing that you're going to make mistakes, and that that's completely okay. And always remember there's always takeout if it really goes that bad there's always doordash (laughs) doordash there's always doordash so so please take your time when it comes to cooking have trust in yourself have faith that you're going to get it figured out and you will get better at it i promise that is couldn't have been said better myself sean i just i love your positivity when it comes to every hobby and that's what drives me forward as we continue to go through these hobbies every single week ladies and gentlemen this has been another wonderful experience with you this evening uh thank you for tuning in and listening to the how to hobby podcast today we went through cooking next week it could be anything but Please feel free to drop by our website, the How To Hobby Podcast.wordpress.com. Shoot us a link. We have a QA section there. You can ask us a specific question. Uh, Sean, where in the world did you get your inspiration for candle making? John, how many kids do you have? Eight? No. <laughs> but hashtag not yet. <laughs> DoorDash is not a sponsor, but it has been an absolute wonderful time this evening. Please take care and get out there and do some cooking. Good night. Good night, everyone. Thank you.